previously on Lost Lake. This case by far is the most puzzling and horrifying I have ever encountered. I'm going back to the cemetery with Jax later to investigate further. Right now I'm meeting up with this Ben kid and if the victim is not Parker, I'm going to have to go into town and investigate. You're listening to The Strange Occurrences of Lost Lake by Ben. I found some dusty case files in a box along with these cassette tapes I found. Uh, as you may be able to tell by my voice, the dust triggered my allergies. <laughs> but I hope it'll be worth it. They look about as old as the tapes themselves, maybe 20 years old or more. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Most of these are eyewitness reports or reports of strange occurrences in situations that needed investigating. The cassette tape I'm about to play is titled Case File Number 37, The Weeping Woman. I will now be reading aloud a report by Sarah Page. I lived in a small house in a suburban area. I didn't go outside to play much because our backyard was surrounded by a cemetery. I believe that is why I had nightmares when I was little. Although I do not remember most of my dreams, I do specifically remember one reoccurring, horrifying nightmare. In my nightmare, I remember seeing a woman. She wore a cowl and a veil over her, covering her face. She would just stand over me and watch me. I thought this nightmare would go away because it's just a bad dream, but soon, this nightmare would become a reality. For the first time, I heard a woman crying. 
I thought someone was in trouble. I went to my parents' room to tell them, but they looked and didn't see anything. I lost track of how many times I ran to their room to tell them, but as I got older, the weeping woman still appeared in my room at night. As far as I can recall, it's slowly got worse. Whenever I heard wailing, I would close my eyes tight and wait for it to stop, which it never did. I didn't bother telling anyone about it because I assumed they would just think I'm crazy. I eventually learned how to live with it. Every time I adjusted and lost fear for the weeping woman, she would come back to me with a vengeance to pump fear back into my soul. The night I heard her crying again, I decided I was going to try to be brave. I decided to open my eyes, knowing that I would see her, knowing she would be standing over me. All those years, I could sense her presence. And I was right. I opened my eyes and she was standing right over me. The night that it happened, I was laying down in bed as usual trying to sleep. I started hearing her wailing. Footsteps started down the hall and the wailing became louder and louder. She was getting closer to me. I blinked and then she was standing a few centimeters away from my face. When I blinked again, she disappeared. I started hearing creaking coming from my closet, and the door started to swing open with a louder creak. I finally had enough, and I prayed to God that she would go away, and just like that, she was gone. Throughout my childhood and teen years, I never saw her again. I went on to graduate high school and then college. That is where I met my husband. We got married and we struggled a while trying to start a family. But after seven years of trying and going in and out of doctor's offices, we were able to conceive and we had a son. We named him Moses, who was about six years old. He was around the same age I was when I started having night terrors. He would come into my room at night, wake me up, and tell me about a weeping woman standing above his bed. Every time I let him sleep with me the next day, we would have an accident. I remember vividly on the night before his birthday, he came to bed with me and my husband. On May 9th, we went to celebrate his birthday. We were having a picnic on top of the hill overlooking the water on the beach. Beneath us was a ravine. He was pointing at something and calling my name. The whole situation started feeling like slow motion. I started to watch him slip off the edge. All of my motherly instincts and adrenaline kicked in. I ran as fast as I could and I grabbed his arm right before his second foot almost lost its footing. 
I pulled him close to me and I hugged him. I hadn't been getting much sleep after that night because I kept thinking about how terrified he has been about his dreams. And every time I tried my best to put on a brave face and tell him that everything was alright but in reality I was also terrified. He told me that on his birthday he felt something push him. I believed him. A few weeks later, I was a busy mom on maybe three hours of sleep each night if I was lucky. That night, I drew a bath for him and I decided to take a nap on the couch nearby. I thought I would just rest my eyes. I saw the weeping woman in front of me, only this time there was a little boy. There was a little boy head to toe drenched in water. He was dripping wet and looked so pale. She started to unveil herself and she looked at me. Her face looked like a pale, dry skull. She had no eyes. She had a smile running from the sides of her forehead. She opened her gruesome mouth and said to me, I've come to take your son. He's safe with me now. There were no words to describe how I felt next. It felt as if I was jolted awake by a bolt of lightning and I felt like I transported myself to the bathroom. I got there so quickly. The tub was overflowing with water and my son was face down floating in the water. I don't know if I screamed or if I checked his pulse. I don't remember what I was thinking except for, please God, do not let that woman take my son from me. I started doing CPR on him, which in retrospect is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but I must have been yelling during that time because my husband came in and called 911. My son was sent to the hospital and I rode with him in the ambulance and the whole time I was still praying. While I was waiting for the doctors outside on a bench, a mysterious woman came and sat next to me. I had a hard time focusing because of my son, but I managed to strike a conversation with the woman. I found out she was a detective. I don't know how I held a conversation in that moment and I don't even remember what she started talking to me about, but the detective helped me through all of my trauma and helped me process all the emotions and assess the situation. And she listened and she believed that it was true. The last thing I remember her say to me was, I'll take care of it for you. As for my son, he recovered and within a few days, we were back to our normal lives and our normal routine. The detective disappeared and so did the weeping woman. I never saw them ever again. I'm reporting this because I've been trying to search for the detective who sat next to me during this time because I never got to thank her and tell her I said thank you.
What I just read was a report written by Sarah Page. I have heard a lot about this detective in other tapes. I wonder who she is. End of tape. Thank <laughs> you.